Welcome to Back to the Sources, a podcast for those looking for a window into the life of Concordia Seminary and our library, whether you are a theologian, pastor, or prospective student. Each episode explores deep theological questions, profound insights, and topics of interest, brought to you by both professors and students alike. We hope that these conversations enrich your faith, academic, and professional development by connecting you to our rich resources. Back to the Sources is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery. Hello and welcome to Back to the Sources. My name is Kendall Davis. I am an STM student in exegetical theology here. And today we're going to be talking about exegetical resources beyond commentaries. They do in fact exist. I promise you. I know a lot of times I feel like I see, you know, students doing their exegetical paper or whatever, and they're, you know, they're pulling every single commentary off the shelf. But I think that a lot of students would be surprised that I think some of the sometimes even more helpful resources for doing exegetical research in particular are actually the non-commentary resources. And it's often a little trickier, and I think students don't utilize them as much because they're not the sort of thing that you kind of you you might know about unless you know you already know. But I found in kind of my own kind of studies and research that these are often some of the most helpful resources, especially if you're doing more study. You know, obviously you want to be kind of careful about kind of, you know, do do the research that you need to do for whatever project it is, whether it's a paper, you know, a sermon, a Bible study, you know, don't, you know, do do what you need. But especially for in-depth study, I think that non-commentary resources can be incredibly helpful. So what we're going to do today is I'm just going to break down kind of a couple different types of these non-commentary resources. I've got six for us. Seven, you know, would have been a great, you know, biblical number, but, you know, I got six, so it'll be fun. So I'll talk about this, kind of what they are and how you can use them and and why you should, you know, consider checking out these these sorts of resources next time you find yourself doing some exegetical research. So the first category, and I think these are some of the most profoundly helpful, is scholarly monographs. Um, so monographs are just a book uh, written on a single topic by an author or maybe a couple authors. You know, you'll find uh, monographs by some established scholars, you know, maybe some names that you would recognize in the field. I think even more important uh, sometimes is you'll find these uh, monographs, these monograph series, often by lesser known scholars, sometimes by by b- the big name scholars as well. But you'll find these series of lesser known scholars, and a lot of times they're they'll be kind of slightly reworked and edited versions of people's dissertations. And these are actually I, f- I find really great resources because of just the the focus and the depth. I mean, if you just go through randomly in these series, you know, they're they're on all kinds of topics. Some of them you may not care at all about. But if you find one that is on kind of what you're interested, oh my goodness, it's so helpful. And they're they're doing the work to like summarize, you know, all of the scholarship up to that point. They're digging into like each and every individual question in a way that a commentary just can't. A commentary can't do it. It's got to give, you know, comment on the entire book. They just don't have the time or or the space. But this monograph, that's its job. <laughs> uh, you know, this was somebody writing writing their their dissertation and you know they uh 
the people at these publishing houses thought it was good enough to to publish, and you know they've they've reworked it. Um, so I mean, some of the the key series in this, the Library of New Testament Studies, um, formerly called the the Journal of the Study of the New Testament Supplement Series, a little wordy, you know. I'm glad they shortened it. Some of them are also kind of from these kind of big name German publishers. You know, there's the the Wissenschaftliche Untersuchung zum Neuen Testament from Morzebeck. Um, the titles, most of them are in English, I promise. There's also the Fortress Emerging Scholars series you'll find. But you'll, you'll start to recognize that, you know, they all have the same cover, but I found these to be kind of some really, um, really helpful resources, especially when you're focusing on a particular passage or a particular question or set of issues. Uh, I remember I was doing a, a big exegetical paper on the parable of the unjust steward in Luke's gospel. And I was reading all these commentaries, and I was reading all these journal articles and everything. And there were just so many takes and so many approaches. And I was starting to, to freak out that it was like, I'm not going to figure out what this passage is actually talking about, you know? Everybody's saying 20 different things. And I found this, one of these, you know, kind of monographs that, you know, with some of these dissertation, and then it, and then it got published. And it was just on this parable. And oh my goodness, it was so helpful. Like he walks through like, you know, all the different approaches and kind of the pros and cons. And he kind of said, you know, this is probably what's happening. And he, and at least, you know, I thought he was right. And it, it was so helpful. And just finding that monograph, that one book, completely unlocked the entire project that I was working on. Because somebody else had taken the time to do the hard work that I was trying to do. And so helpful. So scholarly monographs, can I recommend them enough? Second category would be journal articles. So, you know, search, you know, the databases with JSTOR and ATLA, I find. Be sure to search both of them because they don't actually have all of the same same stuff. You'll find different journals indexed in, in both of those. Obviously, play around with the keywords, you know, try different combinations. But I, I think you'll find journal articles are also much more focused than kind of some of the the big commentaries. They're going to go into more detail on the specific thing that you're talking about. Another advantage of journal articles, honestly, is that you can actually, you have the time, I think, to read journal articles in a way you don't have the time to read, you know, book after book after book. You know, if you have the time to go and like read completely, you know, all these books on your topic, you know, go for it. But most of us don't. And so it's nice to have journal articles, which are, are a lot more manageable often. To kind of, you could sit there and read a journal article, you know, in a little bit. And so journal articles are actually a really good resource, I find. Um, I've, I've, I've done some research where I kind of found that the journal articles were the ones that were kind of advancing the kind of the newer, more cutting-edge ideas, and that the commentaries were kind of just summarizing it. So if I wanted to, like, go to the source, I needed to go to these journal articles. So And so, I mean, yeah, because journals are often places where scholars are going to try out ideas. You know, they're working on a bigger project, and, you know, there's this piece of it, so they, they fire off a journal article to kind of, you know— Put it out there and, and kind of try it out, and so you'll you'll find journal articles are can be a good good resource for that, especially because of their focus. I find them to be a lot more focused. A third category, um, which is very similar, is essays and essay books. You'll find our library is full of these scholarly essay books, and there, there's a lot of them. And sometimes there, you know, th there's different kinds. Like sometimes it'll be an essay book on. A particular topic. Sometimes, you know, there was there was a conference somewhere, you know, and they collected, you know, everybody's papers and published them in a book. You know, sometimes it's a uh, it's a festschrift, you know, a an essay book in commemoration of a particular scholar. Like often, you know, in commemoration of their like, you know, 
70th or 80th or 90th birthday or whatever. And, you know, people will contribute articles that are kind of, you know, related to their, their, their work and everything. And you'll find, I think, that there are a lot of just really great essays, just, just gems, um, just hiding in these essay books. And, you know, you're not going to find them on JSTOR, Atla. You know, they, they're not going to be, you know, in the commentaries, but there's these great essays by great scholars. And, you know, you just have to kind of know where to find them, which is, is, is the tricky part, you know, is, is finding them. The, the good news, though, is that you'll find when you search in the, the library catalog that it's also, it's not just searching, you know, titles and the keywords of kind of these books, but it's also if the table of contents is in kind of the, the record entry, which they usually are, it'll also search those. So sometimes you'll find uh, you'll be searching you know, you, you search your, your keywords and it'll pop up, you know, this this book that sounds kind of random, you know. You know, somebody's, some German guy's Festschrift, whatever. Go ahead and click on that and see kind of what, why it brought that up for you. Because there might be, it might be that there is some essay in that essay book that is on your very specific topic. Now, maybe none of the other are, are on your topic, what you're looking at, but that one essay is. And so th- these can be a really great resource. So, so as, as you're searching, kind of be aware of that and be kind of looking for, for the, those sorts of resources too, essays and essay books. Uh, a fourth one is um, what I'll call kind of topical encyclopedias. There's some that's called dictionaries, but you'll find in these sorts of resources just really good articles that are especially helpful for giving you an overview of a particular uh, concept, a particular question, a particular area of study. So less helpful for like, you know, hashing out like a particular passage. But if there's um, if there's a topic that kind of that passage connects to, it, it might be really helpful to check out some of the major encyclopedias or dictionaries. Some of the ones that I'd recommend, the New Dictionary of Biblical Theology by, I think it was edited by T. Desmond Alexander. I'll have kind of some of these in the show notes. That's a really great one for especially doing biblical theology, kind of talking about how certain concepts and themes are developed across the course of the scriptures. That That's a really great kind of just one volume, which we have in our, our, our reference collection. Another one is the Anchor Bible Dictionary. This is a multi-volume set put out by the, uh, the good folks at Anchor. And they have, you know, great, great articles on all kinds of topics um, in biblical studies. And great news about the Anchor Bible Dictionary is it's on Logos. So go ahead and pull it up and, you know, what whatever kind of topic you're, you're looking at, see see if they've got an article on it. And there's a good chance you'll find it there in the Anchor, Anchor Bible Dictionary. Another one is the uh, the IVP Dictionary Series. Um, they've got these big encyclopedias on different parts of the biblical canon. Like there's the IVP Dictionary on Jesus and the Gospels, the IVP Dictionary on Paul, the IVP Dictionary on the prophets. And the, these are really great resources because they're a little more focused. So they're going to deal with more topics and deal with them in more depth than some of the kind of more general encyclopedias or dictionaries are going to be able to do. They're going to help you to kind of summarize the scholarship and kind of understand like what the questions and what the fights are, what the different positions are that you might not be able to discern just kind of on your own. So topical encyclopedias and dictionaries are a really great resource. Another one, uh, fifth one, is what I'd call kind of the more kind of word study dictionaries. This is stuff like, you know, the it's often called Kittle, which is Kittle was the editor of what's called the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. And there was the corresponding Theological Dictionary of the Old Testament. These will look at particular Greek or Hebrew words, and they'll kind of go through 
how it's used in the scriptures, kind of the etymology of it, kind of how the meaning develops over time. They're really good at providing like that diachronic analysis, that analysis through time. And this is really helpful if there, there's, there's, you know, say there's a keyword. Say you're, say you're studying, you know, something in Romans, and you know, justification is a key term. You want to understand, you know, what's what's this, this, you know, this decay, decayasune, you know, etc. What's this root doing? It might be a good idea to go check out, you know, the entry in one of these kind of word study style dictionaries for these understanding kind of the background of the, some of these key terms in the original languages. They're going to give you way more info than you would ever find in, say, some of the standard lexicons. So, you know, like BDAG, et cetera. Although that, that's also a great place to start. They're going to give you just so much more kind of context and everything. You do want to use these with caution. You know, not everything they say is going to be immediately relevant. So I would, you know, just, just use with caution. Just recognize, you know, just because a word meant something, you know, at one point, you know, 500 years in the past doesn't mean it carries that same meaning or significance, you know, for all time. That's just not how words work. So you use them with caution, but I think you'll still find that they're helpful resources in, in a lot of cases. There's also some 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 other ones. I, I mentioned a Kittle, TDNT, and TDOT. Uh, another one is the Exegetical Dictionary of the New Testament. These entries you'll find, they're a bit shorter than what you'll find in Kittle, which is sometimes helpful because the Kittle entries can be really long. But the Exegetical Dictionary of the New Testament, I believe, is also in Logos. So that's that's another one to to check out. There's a lot of these kind of reference resources that you'll find in your kind of seminary logos package. And it's good to kind of play around with them and see kind of what's there because you might find them more helpful than uh, you might have otherwise thought. So those are word study dictionaries, another great resource used with caution, but you know, still so help helpful for, for what they do. The last one I want to talk about is um Bible introductions and also the introduction of commentaries. These are really good if you have questions about, you know, what's traditionally called, but but that is, you know, questions about authorship, questions about where something was written, you know, what was the the broader context in which it was written, you know, kind of those those sorts of questions are often covered by biblical introductions. You know, you often see these volumes, you know, introduction to the New Testament, introduction to the Old Testament. And, you know, there's, you know, dozens of these, these, these sorts of things. See, there's one by, I think, uh, Hummel, you know, the, the word of the Lord endures forever or something like that. I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, there's also the ones from Zondervan, which, which are, are really helpful. There's all kinds of introductions put out by different publishers who are going to have different perspectives, you know, especially when you get into these kind of questions about like authorship and dating and whatnot, you know, very different perspectives out there for, for some of these books. So it's helpful sometimes to, have an introduction that kind of summarizes the arguments, the positions, and, and kind of gives some analysis for it. Uh, so so for, for those sorts of questions, um, introductions to the New Testament or Old Testament are really helpful. You'll also find the same sort of data in the introductions to major commentaries, you'll find. You'll notice that sometimes the introduction to, you know, kind of especially the big scholarly commentaries can be like sometimes over 100 pages. So, I mean, they're, they're sometimes book length treatments of the book in their own right before you even get to the commentary. So if if these are the sorts of questions that you're trying to wrestle with and figure out, also take a look at the the introduction in the front of your commentary as well because they also probably treat it. And I don't I don't know if that's a a section of the commentary that people think to check just to kind of see see kind of what what's going on there and they're they're, they're probably going to do a pretty thorough job of of treating that as well. So those are some some exegetical resources that I think you guys will 
find to be helpful that aren't commentaries. They're helpful for for different ways, you know, as you know, we've talked about before, uh, you know, you got to find the right tool for the job. So kind of keep, keep this in mind the next time you are doing any kind of exegetical research. And I hope that, I think that you'll find um, it helps you to answer the questions you're looking for a lot better. All right. So this has been Back to the Sources. My name is Kendall Davis, and it's been a pleasure to speak with you today. If you enjoyed Back to the Sources, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook so that you don't miss a single episode. This podcast is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery.